so that you can come and um, bring healing to us this morning. Lord, we just thank you for all that you've done, all that you're going to do today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. We're asking for the fire of the Holy Spirit to come in our lives and in this house and uh, for him to come and just to just send us fire. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Fire, fire, fall on us. Start a new revival. Fire, fall on us. Fire, come and fall on us. We'll start a new revival. Fire, fall on us. Like it did on the day. Like it did on the day of Pentecost. Rushing in like a mighty wind. Fill us up with your presence and your power. Lord, do it again. We are here. We are here crying out on one accord. Let the heavens touch the earth. Come and light a passion in our hearts. And Lord, let it burn. Fire, fire, fall on us. Start a new revival. Revival, fire, fall on us. Amen. That's our prayer this morning. Hallelujah. We're overwhelmed by his glory and his grace. Amen. Overwhelmed by your glory and your grace. You consume us with your love. Give us more, more and more of who you are. We can't get enough. Fire, fire, fire. Fall on us. Start a new revival. Fall down, fall on us, start a new revival, fire, fall on us. Come on, sing it again, say fire, fall, Holy Spirit come and fall on us, fall on us, start a new revival, fire, come and fall, fall on us, amen, fire, Holy Ghost fire. Come and fall on us today. Start a new revival. Fire, fall on us. Amen. That's our prayer this morning. 
is we want not to just come and play church, amen, not just because it's Sunday, there's something to do, but we've come for an encounter with the Holy Spirit, to be transformed, to have an experience with Him, and that's our cry this morning, is for the Holy Ghost fire to come and to bring change into our life, amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just like you did it before, Lord, we are ready for more. Just like you did it before. Come on, say, Lord, we, Lord, we are ready for more. Just like, just like you did it before. Lord, we are ready, are ready for more. Come on, sing it again. Just like, just like you did it before. We're ready. Lord, we are ready for more. Just like you did it before. Today we're ready, Lord. Are ready for a moment. Say it again. Say just like, just like you did it before. Lord, we're ready. We are ready for more. One more time. Say, just like you did it before. Lord, we are. Lord, we. Now just say, Lord, we are ready. Say, Lord, we are ready for more. Come on, say it again. Lord, we are ready for more. Come on, tell them. Say, Lord, we are ready for more. Lord, we are ready for more. Come on, we, the Lord says that he inhabits the praises of his people, so he's already here because we're, we're stirring up the atmosphere with our praise and singing to him. Tell him, we're ready for more. We want you, Lord. We want your Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Ghost in fire. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Fill me with the Holy Ghost in fire. I need the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Ghost in fire. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Come on, sing it out to him. Fill me with the Holy Ghost in fire. I need, I need the Holy Ghost. Yes, I do. Need the Holy Ghost to live right, to walk right. I need your Holy Spirit. Come and speak to us today. I need the Holy Ghost of fire. Fill me with the Holy Ghost of fire. I need the Holy Ghost. I'm with the Holy Ghost of fire. I need the Holy Ghost. Fill me, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Come and fill me, fill me with the Holy Ghost of fire. I need the Holy Ghost. Of fire. Come and fill me, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Of fire. Come on, say it again. Fill me, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Of fire. Fill me, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Of fire. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Of fire. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Of fire. Fill me with the Holy Ghost of fire. Fill me with the Holy Ghost of fire. Amen. That's our cry this morning. We want the Holy Spirit to come rest on us. This morning, we open up our hearts to you, God. God, that you would move and speak to us this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Come and rest on us. Come and rest on us, Holy Spirit. Yes, God. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. 
as the spirit was moving over the water spirit come move over us come rest on us come rest on us so come down spirit when you move you make my heart pound when you feel the room i'm here and i know you're moving here and I know you'll feel me come down Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound When you feel the room I'm here and I know you're moving I'm here and I know you'll feel me Come on, do you know it today? Don't you know that he's going to feel you today? Hallelujah, come and fill us up We're going to sing it again Together, that as the Spirit was moving over the waters as the spirit was moving over the spirit come move come move over us come rest on us come rest on us come rest on as the spirit as the spirit was moving over the water spirit come move over us come rest on us come rest on us come rest fire and wind come and do it again Come and do it again. Open up, open up the gates. Let heaven on in. Come rest on us. Let's sing it again. Fire and wind. Come rest on us. All the fire and wind. Come and do it again. Open up the gates. Let heaven on in. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. So come down. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you feel the room, I'm here and I know you're moving. I'm here and I know you'll feel me come down. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you feel the room, you're here, you're here and I know you're. And I'm here, I'm here and I know you'll feel me. Come and fill us up today. Yes, God, we want you, Lord. We want you to come. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. Come on, why don't we sing it to Him? Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. Come on, sing it from your heart today. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. You're all we want. You're all we want. Come on, sing it again, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all. You're all we want. You're all we want, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all, you're all we want. You're all we want. You're all we want. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all, you're all we want. You're all we want. Come down. So come down, Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you feel the you're here, 
you're here and I know you're and I'm here, I'm here and I know you'll feel me come down. Spirit, when you make my heart pound, when you fill the room, you're here and I know you're, I'm here, I'm here and I know you'll feel me. Come down, Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound, when you fill the room. Desire. Yes, just to be 
close to you just to be close to you just to be close to you is my desire Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're here. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. Lord, we thank you, God, for your presence this morning that's here in this house. God, we stir up the gift, God, that's within us. Oh, God, we fan the flame that's within us. God, and we thank you for your power that's going to be demonstrated in this house this morning. God, we thank you for a word to come forth to change the course of our life. Oh, God, we thank you, Jesus. God, that you're turning all things, God, for my good, oh, God, according to your will according to your purpose oh God as we seek after you God as we strive oh God to live a life that's holy and pure before you God that you begin to work things out for us God I thank you that the prayers of the righteous availeth much I thank you Jesus that you have not uh, father that you have not gone deaf to our cries and to our prayers God I thank you that you are turning things turning things around for this nation oh God Lord I thank you Jesus for your promises we stand upon it. God, for our family, for those that we are uh, warring, God, for their salvation. We thank you that your uh, promise to us, oh God, is that our whole household shall be saved, God. And we'd stand on that word. We thank you, God. God, that you would move upon those, God, that are running astray. Move upon those hearts. God, that you would cause a divine interruption into their path. God, that you would cause them, oh God, to have an encounter with you. God, a supernatural experience, oh God. that they would know that you are the one the true the only the living God Lord we thank you Jesus for what you've done God we thank you that this week you're setting us up God for day after day after breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough Lord we just thank you for that this is the time this is the season God and we're gonna walk in it we're gonna step in it this morning God God, and we thank you for it we thank you for your promises that are yes yes and amen that we are the head we are not the tail we are above and we are not beneath oh God for those that are needing increase that are needing better jobs and raises and bonuses God we call that into their life in the name of Jesus we thank you for we thank you for those that are needing healing that they will have healing this morning that you would cause a miracle into their life God in their situation Lord we thank you for it in Jesus mighty name we pray Amen. You may be seated. We're so glad you're here. Thank you, praise team. What a beautiful spirit in this house. Pastor Bev is coming. She's going to share with us this morning. Amen. Oh, I just love those songs we sang, just to be close to you. Love. I've always loved that song from the time it first came out. We first heard it years ago because that's my passion is to be close to him, to be in his presence. I want to be surrounded by him. I want to be enveloped by him. I want the Holy Spirit to hover over me. And that other song, Holy Spirit, come rest on us. Amen. Keep those songs in your spirit. You know, it's really good for us to take time to listen to good anointed music. It lifts our our soul, lifts our spirit. And so I encourage you to get plugged in 
with some good Christian artists and listen to that music during the week. It's going to really um, minister to you. So open up your heart for that. We want to just let you know that we have our Unlocked Ladies Luncheon is not tomorrow, but the next Monday. It's going to be awesome. This coming uh, Wednesday night, um, our son-in-law, Joshua, will be ministering, and I ask that you would be here, be supportive. He is such a prophetic teacher, and I know that you're going to be blessed by his ministry as it comes forth. He actually will be ministering the next two Wednesday nights, and then um, on Sunday the 25th, he and Bethany together will be preaching and sharing the word, and it's going to be a wonderful time in the Lord. Um, God has opened up doors for us. We will be on the road ministering in different places in Dallas and then also in Nashville and then um, North Georgia. And so uh, we appreciate your prayers for safe travels for us as we were in various locations ministering over the next two weeks. And we are so thrilled to know that we have an amazing team of leaders that carry on the work of the ministry right here. You know, today is Patriots Day, 9-11, and you know, the enemy said that we would quickly forget, but I know we have never forgotten the price that was paid. For those of us as believers, it goes beyond just focusing on the price that was paid. Uh, that on 9-11, it's the price that our Lord and Savior paid. There has been, you know, freedom is never free. Freedom's never, there's a price that comes with freedom. And so today we, we remember and honor the memory of those that, that, whose lives were taken. And we continue to lift up in prayer their families. You know, I read um, on social media so many people who have lost loved ones and they just don't deal well with the grief. There are those that deal well with grief and there are others that just d have a challenge pushing beyond. And so when you know somebody dear to you that has lost someone, you know, not just at the time of the passing is it important to reach out to them, but reach out to them over the coming weeks and months and specifically at holidays. What a beautiful time to let the love of the Lord Jesus Christ shine through you to minister to others. Sometimes people are not receptive uh, at, at certain times in their life, but when it comes to those situations and holidays, and things of that nature, people will be open and you can share the love of Christ. So I encourage you to do that. Um, we have an exciting uh, event coming up on October the 31st for our children. It will be out here at Jump and Jive. We've rented that facility and it will be from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock on Monday, October the 31st. We're going to have a wonderful time. So we want you to come, not just the children. We need parents too. In fact, please, if you're bringing children. We need you there. We need help with uh, supervision and chaperoning. But it's also always proven to be a great time for the adults to be able to connect and visit as well while our children are playing and having a good time. So um, we're going to have that on October the 31st. So make plans to be here for that. At this time, Pastor Josh is coming to share with you. All right, good morning. Come on, good morning. All right, that's what I'm talking about. I remember 9 11. 
I remember exactly where I was. I was getting ready for college, and I had a test that day, and we, this, the instructor still gave it to us. And uh, I wasn't yet saved. It was another year before I gave my life to Christ, but I remember that day. And, uh, you know, that nation, our nation, we haven't been the same since. It changed everything. It really did change everything. Our young people have been in war for almost, well, 20 years at that point. We started America's Longest War. And so, um, you know, I was in the military, and, you know, I'll just say this. You know, a lot of times we think it's older people, but it's really not. Our military, probably 80% of the force is 17, 18, 19, and 20-year-old young men and women, just kids. The, the commanders are older, but, the, the, you know, the, the, the ground troops, the people that are on the front lines, the people that are doing day in and day out, standing on walls, going in dangerous situations, they're just kids. They're just out of high school. And uh, so it has had an impact on our nation because now, of all the things they've seen at such a young age, you know, they have to try to get rid of that. So we need to honor our troops. Amen. We need to pray for them. We need to bless them. We need to encourage them. We need to help them move in life. And so, you know, unfortunately, um, war has been since the beginning of days. First, it was a war in heaven. Come on. And now it's been here on the earth. And uh, but, you know, God has his way in things. Amen. So I'm going to share this with you. Second Chronicles 20. I talked a little bit about this Wednesday night, but we're going to get this a lot because I believe God is highlighting this scripture for this time. And um, I am really breaking it down. I'm going in all the way into the Hebrew, studying every key word of this chapter because I believe it's a now moment. But in verse 21, it says, this is about King Jehoshaphat when Judah was being raided. You know, the people of God were being raided by enemies. And in verse 21, it says, And when he had consulted the people, he appointed those to sing to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire. Come on, he had a choir put together. Come on, they put on holy attire and they started to sing to the Lord. And as they went out before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. And then they began singing and praising and then the Lord set ambushes, come on, against the sons of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, and who had come against Judah, for they were routed. I love that. You know, Chuck Pierce wrote a book years ago called, When You Ascend in Worship, You Descend in Warfare. And what the people of God did, the, the king of Israel and Judah, he called the people together. And he said, you know what, you're going to go before my armies. And you're going to praise the Lord. And you're going to sing worship songs unto Him, just like we did this morning today. And it said that God moved ahead of the enemy and He set ambushes in place. So much so that every enemy was routed that was coming against the people of God. See, there's power in our praise. There's power in our worship. The Word of God says that the Lord inhabits the praises of His people. See, we don't just come here to sing our four and three songs so that we can hear a tithe and offering, so that we can hear announcements, so that we can hear a word, so that we can be prayed for, it, and so that we can go home feeling good about ourselves. We come here to praise Him because he, we know that it moves the heart of God. 
And he comes down and he takes resonance in his people as we sing and we worship him. Giving is worship. Singing is worship. Intercession is a pouring out of worship and prayer. And I call it washing the feet of Jesus. And so I just, I encourage you that when the enemy comes, pray, declare the word, but sing praises unto our God, knowing that he can set traps for your enemy. See, I believe we're in a time, I told Bethany this on the way this morning, we are in the time of Esther in some areas. Listen to me, and I'm going to pray so pastor can come. But it seems the enemy is setting more and more traps for the people of God. And it seems it's getting darker and darker. And it seems like just a few more bills, just a few more things, and they might control the church. But I am telling you, we are going to see what happened in the Haman because he set a trap. And it was all done and over. And the law had been signed and the, and the signet ring had been stamped and the decree had gone for the land. But yet the very trap that he set for the people of God cost him and his seed. And I believe that we are going to see a very trap that people are setting for the people of God come against them. And it's going to take them out. Amen. It's going to take them out. Father, I thank you for this day, Lord. Father, I thank you that your people, Lord, as a church, globally, as a church, you have been changing your people, O oh God. We have been praying at a greater level. We have been worshiping at a greater level, O oh God. And Father, I just thank you, God. Father, that as we give and we honor and we worship you according to your word, Father, that you would move on behalf of your church, that you would move upon your people, O oh God, Father, that everything we need in this life, every breakthrough, every deliverance, every salvation for family members, oh God, every healing, every restoration, every pushing back against the powers of darkness, that you would move, your hand would move for your people by your righteous right arm. Lord, we give you all praise and glory as we honor you in our giving today as you bring your gift to the rear. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm good.
How's that? There we go. If I just know which way to turn the switch, I'd be all right. I need people to keep me straight, keep me, keep me in the right motion. And uh, I've got a wife that does that very well, keeps my calendar for me and tells me where I need to be and what I need to be doing. I'm grateful for that. So in Acts chapter 19, I want to, want to look here for a moment. You know, the, the, the Word of God is so rich. If we would just take time to sit down and begin to read it and begin to study it and allow, allow ourselves to digest what God is trying to do in our personal life and in our world. I don't believe that God's intention is to have a world like what we're seeing or what's trying to come forward. I believe he, he, he has a, a world for us where there's peace and there's joy and there's fulfillment. There's something that is very concerning to me um, that I have, I have in my lifetime have not seen or heard as much chatter as about what's going on about the Antichrist right now. Cartoons that are coming out about the Antichrist, we've got uh, different ones that are speaking about the Antichrist, and, and, and people are, are, and I'm talking about secular people, I'm not talking about the church, secular people talking about the Antichrist taking his position. And it's, and it's, um, it's concerning in one way, but yet in another way, we can, we can um, look at what the Word of God says and know that there is a time where the Antichrist is going to begin to surface. But I think there's a lot of chatter right now because there's so much, there's so much uh, Baal worship. And when I say Baal worship, I'm, I'm talking about witchcraft, I'm talking about all of it, inclusive uh, that is anti-God and, and rebellious against God's word. Now, the word speaks to us and says that, that rebellion is as a form of witchcraft. And, and I, I, uh, I know when I was coming up, uh, my parents would tell me, are you in rebellion right now, you know, as, as a little one? Are you in rebellion now? Because that's, uh, you know, the, what, what the Bible says about it. And they used it against me. And, and things, just joking around there. But uh, what I'm finding in our world today is we have, we have an onslaught of Baal worship that is coming and a lot of paganism that's trying to arise in our world, especially in our nation right now, where that we have been a Christian nation. And uh, one of our presidents got up and says, we are no longer a Christian nation. And from that seat, begin to declare some things over our nation. And we find that from that point, we begin to see uh, a lot of delusion that's taking place, a lot of confusion, a lot of, a lot of um, uh, things that are being promoted that should never be promoted. It should never be brought forward to people. To, uh, a lot of people never exposed to certain things, but now everybody is being exposed to, to stuff. You know, um, uh, it, it's sad the times that we're living in, the times that we have, but it's joyful to be living in this time too. So you can have, I don't know about, about you, but I've had times where I've had my best day and my worst day all in the same day. And so we can see the sadness of what's going on, but at the same time, know the power of God is, is rising up and the church is awakening and we're going to see an outpouring of God's spirit like we have never seen before. So in that we rejoice. In what we're seeing in the natural, we can look at that and say, you know, I'm very concerned about it. But 
when I start seeing the move of what God's doing, we got a lot to look forward to. So that's not a negative, it's a positive. And so when I start walking after the things of God, and, I, and, and, and if you're taking time going through the book of Acts and studying the book of Acts, you begin to find where that when the Holy Ghost came upon them in Acts chapter 2, they were all filled. They were all filled with the, with the power. They began to speak with tongues. And, and when they came out of the upper room, the church was added to daily. Now, it wasn't based off of personalities. It wasn't based off of anything except the power of the Holy Spirit working in the, in the people that were in the upper room. And so it began to increase. 120 came out. They had a, they had an, a 500 had an opportunity to go, but 120 are the ones that, that withstood it and went through and, and came out with the fire of God upon them. How would you like to have been the, 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 the rest of that group that had an opportunity to get into the presence of God and to get into a place where the Holy Spirit filled you, but yet you chose not to go. Uh, man, I, that would be something that, that would be hard to live with yourself uh, the rest of your life, knowing that you had an opportunity to have one of the, the greatest outpourings of God's Spirit upon your life. And you said, you know, I just, I'm just busy. I got a game I got to go, go to. I've got you know, rehearsal I've got to go to, whatever it might be. I, I, and I believe that we can take, take uh, 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 from that that it's important that we indulge in the things of God. If, if we are spending more time watching television than we are spending in the Word of God, there's a problem. If we're spending more time uh, uh, with other things than what we are spending with the presence of God, then there's a problem. And you say, well, well, i got other things I have to do. The Word tells us very clearly that we need to pray ceaselessly. That in our spirit, in our soul, there needs to be such an, a, a stirring. You know, when Paul spoke to Timothy and says to Timothy, stir up the coals that are in you. He was, he was saying that there is a potential for a fire. A potential for a blaze to begin to take place or some eruption to take place in your soul, but you have to stir it. And I find in our, in our Christian world that we have been, many have been lulled to sleep. And many, many have been taught how to stay out of church. COVID comes and begins to bring a repetition in our lives. Put your mask on, stay at home, lock your doors. Uh, all this stuff was being, being taught. People, people didn't come to church. Understand. I understand some of that. But, but what we really need to understand is how all this has programmed our thinking, our minds, uh, to, to keep us from entering into the presence of God. And people started off praying at home, started off, but then... Because there's no influence in their life to keep them going, they have lulled back and have fallen asleep. We can go, we can go many different places. I'm not, I'm not scolding. I'm just talking right now. We, we can go many different places, but when the priority, priority is the other things than the presence of God, then we have a problem. And the reason we have a problem is because this Leviathan spirit 
that has been loosed in our nation is getting a hold of people and it's choking the life out of them. And so we open up doors and as a result of doors opening up, now we have problems and we don't know how to get rid of the problem. We don't know how to get out from under the problems. And so the only, only way we can change is to dig into the Word of God. I believe, that, I believe that every one of us should have a place in our home that we spend with God. Whether, whether, whether it's in your bedroom, whether it's in your office, whether it's in your living room, whether it's your coffee table, we need to have a place where we spend with God on a daily basis. Not something, not something that we have just on Sunday when we come to church or just our favorite broadcaster that's out there teaching or whatever, but to have that relationship ourselves, to push ourselves into, into the presence of God on a regular basis. Now, what would church be like if, if believers or disciples of Jesus Christ would prepare themselves all week long and then show up at church prepared instead of showing up at church for deliverance. Just think about it for a moment. Because when, when we start looking at the book of Acts, they did not pull back, but they pushed forward with everything they had. And then they began to teach. You can't teach effectively unless you have studied. Come on. And here they are, they're studying. There's a downpour, there's an impartation that's taking place in their life. And the Holy Spirit now is giving them insight of, of the things of God so that when they walk outside of their house, they're able to touch the lives of people and make a dramatic change that people are added to the church daily. Making sense. So if the power of God is in us that when we walk out the doors, that it doesn't matter what's going on around us, but we're influenced by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, then we should be able to make an impact in somebody else's life that changes them for eternity, not just for a moment, but for eternity. So when I'm looking at, looking at the book of Acts, I begin to find that there are so many powerful individuals that have set themselves aside for the work of God, for God to work in them. We need to set ourselves aside for God to work in us, to study, to, to, to pray, to enter into his presence, that we, that we feel his presence on a minute-to-minute -minute basis, that he guides us and directs us. Now, in, in chapter 19, we're going we're gonna to see some things here where that Paul, Paul is taking napkins, he's taking handkerchiefs, he's taking uh, pieces of his garment or garments, and he's tearing them, cutting them, and handing it to people that would bring that to someone that is sick and lay it on them, and they were healed they were healed because of not the handkerchief, but what re was represented by the power of God that was invested in Paul, just as Moses had a rod, Paul has a handkerchief. 
So the representation of the rod or the staff to Moses was he lifted it up and he parted the Red Sea. He struck the rock. Water came out of it. He was supposed to speak to the rock, but he got aggravated. And, uh, and, and he strikes the rock. But water comes out. So the rod. In, in Moses' life, God's speaking to him. He says, what do you have in your hand? He says, I have a rod. I have a staff. He says, throw it on the ground. Threw it on the ground. It became a serpent. Moses ran from it. God called him back and said, hey, pick it up by the tail. I'm kind of like Moses. Snake's going to be there. I'm out of here, baby. I'm not hanging around to see what kind of snake it is. I think the only good snake is a dead snake. It, that's just me. And people say, well, you know, you need to keep some of these around the yard. I don't want any snakes in my yard. I don't want anything in my garden that should not be there. You make making sense? And, and so uh, he comes and grabs it by the tail and turns back into a rod again. Then we find that that, that was a representation of the anointing that was upon Moses' life, even though the display came from the rod, it was actually what was on Moses. So now we go into the New Testament and we begin to find where that Paul now has a handkerchief. He's got a handkerchief and he, and he says, oh, you got somebody sick at home? Well, let me give you this handkerchief. And, you, you know, a handkerchief, he'd been wiping his brow, uh, uh, blowing his nose in it, whatever. Yeah, and, and it sounds a little disgusting, but this is what was taking place. He, had, he couldn't get to the place where they needed him to go, so he's looking for a garment that was absorbing his perspiration. Hands it to him, they lay it on a, on a person, and now they're made whole. So what the rod was to Moses, the handkerchief was to, Saul, to Paul. Okay? So let's look at this here. It says... In verse 1, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Carnath, Paul, having passed through the upper coast of the, uh, 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 to Ephesus uh, and finding uh, certain disciples. Now, there's a gathering. Man, can you imagine the gatherings that Paul had, the, the meetings he had? You know, stepping aside from what Jesus did, when, when, when Jesus walked on water. Prior to that, he just feeds 5,000 men. Then, then ends the deacons, the ones that the pastor would say, y'all go ahead and launch out and go to the other side. I'm going to talk to the people here. Jesus was a people person. He was a person that took time to spend with the people. And He's, we don't know what he was saying because it wasn't recorded. But, but what we do have in there, that he fed 5,000 men alone, not counting women and children. A miracle of multiplication began to come forth. And, and now he's, he's talking to the people, and then he slips away and goes up into the high place. And anytime you see Jesus going up into the mountain to pray, you, you really see him going to a high place, a higher place than where he was. We have to move to a higher place than where we live, where we dwell, to get into the presence of God. That's where our, our place of dwelling, our place has a altar, our place has a table, it has a chair, it has a place that we meet with God on a daily basis and we allow his presence to begin to come forth. There's a lot of people in this world, a lot of people in the church world, that the only time that they pray, the only time they read the word is when they get in the house of God, when they come to church. It shouldn't be that way. It should be that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ 
We have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is teaching us about the Father, and we're developing that relationship with the Father so that he can know us. Two things that he'll say when we stand before him on judgment. One, it'll either be, well done, my good and faithful servant. How many of you want to hear that? I want to hear that. This is what I, this is what I don't want to hear. Depart from me, I never knew you. Now, you can say it's for those that, that really didn't know who he was. Well, then why did they say, wait a minute, we cast out devils in your name. We healed the sick in your name. You know, it, it, there has to be a relationship with him at some point to be able to do those things. And I'm going to show you without a relationship, you can't do those things. So they had to have a relationship at one point, but yet, but yet he says, depart from me, I never knew you. That's a, that is probably the most disturbing word in Scripture that I've come across uh, looking at that really hits me in a way, oh my goodness. I want you to know my name. I want you to know me, not just me knowing you. I want you to know me. I want to be so close in your presence. I, I, I have to spend that time. I want to be a, a regular knocking on your door. I want, to be a, I want to be one that you say, hey, Garland's coming. I feel, I feel his presence coming. You know, I want to have that kind of relationship. And, and it takes time to build that relationship. It takes time. It takes devotion. It takes discipline. It takes organizing yourself. To get in his presence. It goes on in this passage here and says in verse 2. And he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, uh, um, said unto, uh, let me start that one over, verse 3. And he said unto them, Unto that then were ye baptized. And they said unto him, John's baptism. So they understood about baptism, but they haven't heard anything about the Holy Spirit baptism. So you've got the baptism in water, but yet there's a baptism in Christ, and there's a baptism in the Holy Spirit. And Paul is saying to them, have you been baptized with the Holy Ghost? Now, Paul is making an emphasis here saying by asking them that you need the power of God's Spirit in your life to be able to overcome every obstacle. He doesn't say that, but he's, he's, he's speaking to them and saying, hey, have you been baptized by the Holy Spirit? He says, we haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Verse 4 says, then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto, unto the people that they should, be, should believe on him, which should come after him, that is, is one that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Now, now, what was it that Paul is carrying here? That to the point of just laying hands on people, they now receive the Holy Spirit, and, and they're not only just speaking in tongues, 
They're prophesying. They're, they're speaking insights from the kingdom of heaven so that people can understand in their language what's going on. So prophecy, prophecy deals with the future. Prophecy deals with, with, with um, uh, uh, events that are to come. You've got words of knowledge, words of wisdom. You've got the gifts of the Spirit. But yet when you start prophesying, prophecy actually begins to deal with the future. So these people are actually bringing forth a word about the future of what's to come. And all the men were about 12. And, and, and he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of, kingdom of God. Now, he's now tearing down false doctrine for three months. He rented a place that for four hours a day, four hours a day, six days a week, he's now teaching and he's, he's disputing false doctrine and bringing people into an understanding. Boy, wouldn't you have loved to have been in that, in that place Amen. for a span of three months to hear Paul's teaching on how we need to live, what we need to do, how we can, how we can receive an impartation of the Holy Spirit. Now, I think, I think what we have done in the past in church, and I'm, and I'm just talking here, okay, we have put more emphasis on the tongues, you know, been in these meetings, you got it, you got it, speak it, this kind of stuff, and we put more emphasis on the tongues. I'm not mocking, but what I am saying is the speaking in tongues is only the evidence of the Holy Ghost in you. Make sense? That's what the Word tells us. It's the, it's the evidence of the Holy Ghost. I think the emphasis really needs to be on the Holy Ghost in us not the manifestation of it being with us. Why? Because, because we, we look more to the speaking of tongues than we are to the power of the Holy Ghost that dwells in us to overcome every obstacle that is there or to overcome anything that would begin to oppose what God is doing in our life and in our region. Would, would, you, agree, would you agree today that that this community needs an outpouring of the Holy Spirit Amen. in individuals' lives that has such a power that even witches tremble at your presence. This is what, this is what took place in Scripture, where, the, where the, the disciples came to a community, came to a city, and, and witches came out, and one began to mock them of what was going on uh, what, and, and begin to speak. Oh, these are the men of God. These are the people of God. And they had enough of it and turned around and they rebuked this witch to the place that people begin to get aggravated and mad because of them rebuking their money source. <laughs> when, I'm reading, when I'm reading this, I'm so drawn for the Holy Spirit. And so when we, when we started singing today, all I want is you. Man, I want you. I need you. All the songs were beginning to focus and circle around what we're talking about here today. Verse, verse 8. And he went into the synagogues and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and, 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 and uh, uh, 
persuading, persuading the things of, 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 of uh, concerning the kingdom of God. My, my brain is firing off in different places right now. But when the divers were, uh, um, were hardened, when dry, divers were hardened the, and, and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated disciples, dis, disputing daily in the school of one tyran, tyrannous. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greek. So, so in this, if we can just use our imagination for a moment, it wasn't Paul that was going out and speaking to every individual. He was speaking to groups that came to the meetings that he was renting this facility four hours a day. They're in class sessions six days a week. And these people now are taking the words of Paul and beginning to talk to their friends, talking to people around so that all of Asia was persuaded by the power of God. So when we, when we look at Scripture, some of, the, some of the things we just pass over and we look at and we say, well, what really did happen here? Well, when the power of God comes upon any one of us, it's going to drive us to begin to talk to those that are in need if we're not embarrassed to talk about the things of God. Am I making sense here? So God will give you a boldness that will come upon you. But if you allow your timidity or your shyness to be an excuse, you'll never be able to impart into somebody else's life the way that God wants you to impart into their life. Now, I understand, I understand about being shy, being timid. I uh, understand that because of my personality, my background, where I come from, I never used to say a word in front of anybody. But then the Holy Ghost came on me, and I began to start speaking to the point that classmates that I went to school with, they said, he's a preacher? Really? Anyway, the Holy Spirit will change you. He'll change you. Now, and God wrought special miracles at the hand of Paul. What do you have in your hand? Moses, I have a rod. So these special miracles came to the hand of Paul. They, they were not just in his hand. They were on him. He had an anointing for specific things. It goes and says, So that from the body were brought unto the sick, handkerchiefs, aprons, and diseases departed from them, and evil spirits went out of them. Wow, think about this just for a moment. I've, I've dealt with a lot of people that were influenced by demonic powers. And it's almost as every one of them, there is a different response. There's a different way you deal with a different... Some come out just by laying on of hands. Some come out but by prayer and fasting. And so we have had encounters from demonic individuals that have been set free just just recently in new orleans we just had one uh come in run down to the altar and involved in witchcraft and everything and and god touched them uh laid them out on the floor other things begin to happen but yet they were set free they were delivered but just think for a moment the power of god that resides upon an individual so heavy and so strong that just a napkin just a handkerchief just a piece of a garment 
sent to individuals and laid on the individuals and demons come out of them just because of a piece of garment that came from his body. Now, I'm just trying to get us to think outside of the box of religion and move to a place of thinking how God could use us if, if we were to submit ourselves to him and allow him to work in our life. Okay? People are looking for solutions. Well, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I do this? Be filled with the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost will teach you. The Holy Ghost will show you. The Holy Ghost will come upon you, and you'll know what to do. You'll know what to say. You'll know how to deal with some things. Now, now, we can't rely just on the Holy Ghost alone. You have to be grounded in the Word. You have to dig into the Word at the same time because the Holy Ghost will bring back to your remembrance what you have studied in the Word. And in doing so, He's now teaching you, showing you how to deal with things by the Word of God. The Holy Spirit will never deviate from the Word of God. Okay? Just because somebody's got the Holy Ghost doesn't mean that they've got a right to do anything that comes to their mind because there may be another spirit involved in here. So everything has to be based upon the Word of God. The foundation of the Word of God is, is what we need in our lives. So how can I discern without the Word? Make sense? All right. Verse 13. And certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of Jesus, the Lord Jesus saying, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. Now right here, a red flag ought to start going up. I adjure you by the gospel or by the word that Paul preaches, which tells us that they're trying to use something in a fashion or in a form that looks like what Paul was doing. So there should be, our antennas begin to go up when we start hearing something like that. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and, a, and of the priest which did so. This is interesting. You get seven sons that should know better. But because they don't understand a relationship, what they've understood is the performance They've understood what the order was, what the structure should be, what, what we should do in church. They understood that, but they didn't have a relationship with God themselves. It's, a, it, it, it's amazing to me how people can understand order of the church but have no relationship. That's a scary thing. It's a scary thing that it's not just some, but all of us could fall a, a prey to that. We, we could all be subject to that if we don't stay the course, we're just talking today, <laughs> okay? It goes on, and it says, here, here are these seven sons of Sceva, a Jew, and the chief of the priest, which did so. The evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know. Now, when you, when you start dissecting that word know, it, it means two different things. The first I know, Jesus I know, this devil is saying, I know him, I know his power, I've been around him, I've seen him, I, 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 I've, 
It's almost an intimate knowledge of him. Then when he starts talking about, I know Paul, and Paul I know, is not talking about knowing Christ, knowing Paul the way he knew Christ. He knew the power of Christ. He knew Christ uh, um, before, before the fall. He knew Christ. He knew all of these things about him and knew the power and authority that was there. And then when he says, and Paul I know, he says, basically saying, and Paul I have heard of, and I know what he's doing because of the Christ that's in him. So these two different I knows mean two different things. I know Christ, Jesus we know. We know him on a whole different level than we know Paul. But Paul is operating in a level of relationship with Christ and everything comes back to Christ. In other words, it's not all about Paul. It's, it's the connection that Paul has to Christ that causes him to operate in these dimensions. So Jesus we know and Paul we know. But who are you? And this is an interesting moment where a devil is actually speaking to these seven sons of Sceva, which is supposed to be exorcist and supposed to be able to have the power, but yet are not operating in a dimension of what we see Paul living in to where that just a handkerchief sent to someone causes devils to leave their body. Paul's not even present. Just sent the handkerchief. And they're healed and delivered of devils. Tells you the power that, that, that Paul carried. I've had the, the, the fortune of being around various different ministers. And there's one particular that I remember that, and, and I've told this before, that we picked him up, brought him to the hotel room, and he'd go check into the room and, and the, the, the cards, the magnetic keys, he would demagnetize them because of the power that was on him. They would come into services and say, you know, and this is back when the cameras had tubes in them. He says, you might want to turn your cameras off because I feel the power of God about to start moving in here. And when it starts hitting like this, tubes in the cameras have been known to burst because of the power of God. Light bulbs. Fire, fire truck comes to the church. We didn't even have a fire alarm. And they showed up at the church and said, we got a report of a fire here. Crazy stuff was happening because of this minister that came in demonstration and power. Okay? So when I start looking at Paul and I start looking around in the world looking for people that carry this type of anointing, there's one that we know that, that would demagnify... My mother-in-law is over at Greenwood. She, she knows what I'm talking about. And she can tell you who it, who it is. And, and so it'd swipe it. Uh, the, the, the door wouldn't open. They'd bring the key back, come back. He'd touch it. It would demagnetize it again. And he says, you know, I keep forgetting about this. You need to give the key to my, my, my helper here and let them, because every time I touch him, it demagnetizes it. This is before cell phones were very, very popular and the um, uh, uh, caller ID uh, was on phones, okay? So I'd call. I'd say, can you connect me to this room? And connect me to the room. I'd say, hey, and before I could get anything out, he'd say, Garland, I'll be coming down in just a second. Before I even told him I was there, before I even answered the phone, he's now knowing who's calling on the phone. You know, now, I know people say, that's absolutely crazy, absolutely insane. 
You know what? I might be saying the same thing if I didn't see it firsthand. Didn't experience it firsthand. What am I saying? I'm saying that when the baptism of the Holy Ghost came upon the people in the upper room in Acts chapter 2, it gave them an encounter to walk in the realms of a spirit that the average person is not operating and walking in. So the emphasis of having the Holy Spirit in our life is, is to a degree that we need to really get a hold of that it challenges us to move into a place of desiring his presence so that I know that I know that I know that I know. I was talking to a, a friend of mine and he says the people in Ghana have to know, have to know God and have to walk in a dimension that is so in the realms of the spirit that they know who you are when you walk in a room. I said, well, what's the purpose of that? Why? He says, because of the, the, the attack that's against the church, they have to know who's coming in the door, whether they're friend or foe. Are, are we at a stage in our world right now that with the announcements, cartoons, and various different things that is now bringing about the recognition to the Antichrist, are we at the place where we need to buckle down and get the Holy Spirit in our life that we know who dwells among us? That we know where we're going. We know, you know, you said, well, well, you know, we're still the greatest nation in all the world. Exactly. But when you start looking at Baal influencing and coming in and, and, and you're seeing pagan worship increasing everywhere around us. You've got the influence of, of, of perversions that, that are coming upon people. And, and in reality, they're not worried about us older folks. They're after our children. They're after our grandchildren. And what they're doing is they're trying to get their minds to think that this is okay when it's not okay according to the Word of God. If you don't believe it, look at Romans chapter 1 and begin to read that and begin to understand when, when they give themselves over to vile affections, when they, when they take use of the... Uh, pervert the use of the natural body. You know, so well, those, there, there's names that are not even written in Scripture. No, but if you read and begin to study what it's talking about in Romans chapter 1, it's saying you can't call yourself a woman if you've been born a man. But when you're taking vile affections and you're now bringing that, and, and it goes on and it says men with men and women with women. So I don't know how you can say it's not in there when it's very blatant before us how we need to live our life. Is it making, it making sense? So, so you, can't, you can't change what God has designed you to be. You ought to, you ought to be thankful God designed you to be because there's a purpose in you being what he's designed you to be. You can't just come and say, well, I'm just going to have a change. I think. I think I am. No. I have to watch what I say sometimes. I get really frustrated with this here and begin to look at it and say, you know what? This is all lies coming. And, and, and the way that it's coming into our life is the same way the mass came into our life. If we, if we, can, 
if we can broadcast this thing so rapidly and so furiously, I believe it was Madonna that said when, when MTV first came out, they're not going to like it at all. In fact, they're going to hate it and they're going to talk against it. But we keep it out there, eventually they'll get used to it. And this is the, this is the same thing that's happening here. We've got a, a minute amount of people that's trying to shove all the stuff down people's throats. We don't like it, but we're not doing anything about it, and we're just keeping it. We're just listening to it, and eventually we'll get used to it. Amen. And it's what's happening. It's what's happening in our world. So, so instead of bowing up against what's happening in our school systems and saying, I don't want my children taught that, and having a group of people coming to the board and saying, we don't want our kids taught this stuff. We don't want these books in the libraries. Our kids don't need to be exposed to this. Until we start speaking and begin to get, come against it, we're not going to see any change. It's going to keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Now, how, how can we come against these things? First step, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And not just to hear ourselves chatter. Not, not mocking anything and not talking against it but to know that I am filled with the fire of God and the power of God that when I go boldly, that I can go boldly and begin to speak the word and not having to worry about what I'm going to speak because the Holy Spirit is going to give that to me. I need to prepare. I need to study. I need to have all that in, in my life. But having the power of the Holy Spirit in our life to influence people and to change a society back to a belief system that in God we trust. Making sense. So now you have Paul that is so full of the power of the Holy Spirit, full of the power of God, that off of his body, they're taking napkins and, and, and pieces of cloth and they're sending it to other people and people are being healed, people are being delivered, and people are being set free just from a handkerchief. The power is not in the handkerchief. The power is in the one that owned the handkerchief, just as it was the power was not in the rod. The power was in the one that owned the rod. The symbolism of the rod in the handkerchief only gives a description of partial description of what's in the man. It's not, it's not the suit that makes the man look good. It's the man that makes the suit look good. Depends on how you want to look at it. Y'all catch it at, maybe at lunch. Catch that, what I'm saying. It, it's, it's, it's not the person that has the power. It's the Holy Ghost in them that gives them the power to overcome and to be able to do what God has called them to do. Amen. Making sense here. So, so if you hang with me, you hang with me. We're going to move into a place that we're going to be, be empowered by the Holy Spirit and we're going to know, we're going to know we're empowered by the Holy Spirit that when we walk outside to do it, look, we, we got church all messed up. Church is all messed up. Apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, or, or for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. So when we come to church, we should, we should be empowered by the word that we come to an understanding that it's not just about 
the evangelist, not just about the prophet, it's not just about the apostle, but the word of God is for me as an individual that when I walk out that door, I can go and begin to minister family members, begin to minister to neighbors, begin to minister at the grocery store, at work, at school, whatever it is, because the Holy Spirit power upon me that gives me the strength and the understanding how to engage and how to deal with situations that are coming. So if I don't have the power, don't have the understanding, I can, give a, I can give a scripture, but if that scripture has no weight to it, it's just a verse that we, we're teaching to a child. But if there's weight backed up by the Holy Spirit, that when we start speaking that word, it now begins to come upon an individual so heavy that it takes the breath away and they say, I've never heard that before. Well, they heard it all their life in church. They heard it all their life. But, but something happened when somebody that was filled with the Holy Spirit now begins to deliver a word that they've been hearing, and now it changes somebody's life because of the weight. The word speaks and says that the glory of God is weighty. For these light afflictions are only for a moment, but they're working in us for a far more heavier weight of eternal glory. So when we're carriers of the presence of God, David, David wanted the presence of God back in Israel. So he gets the cart from the Philistines. He's bringing it. He gets by Nacon's threshing floor. And all of a sudden, the word says the oxen begin to shake uh, uh, the cart. I think it was God shaking the oxen. You're not going any further until we get this thing right. Not going any further until we get everything in order and in right. Because there has to be order in our walk with God. We just can't, we just can't do what we want to do, how we want to do, and think we have authority over principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness. We, we've got to have that order in our life. And it starts with discipline in our life of studying the Word, reading the Word, getting in the presence of God, having a prayer life. All these things comes into our life. And then God begins to add to our life. And then we start dealing with headaches and start dealing with, with that and laying hands on people that have headaches and the headaches are gone. And then he bring, begins to bring us to another level and another level and another level to the point where that what cancer or AIDS or whatever is doing to somebody's body, that, that the power of God is so strong and so powerful in you that when you lay hands on them or just your presence comes into the room. I don't know about y'all, but I'm challenged with this. When I read with, about John G. Lake, uh, it says that when the bubonic plague broke out, that, that he and his Dutch associate goes in and the government comes in to ask them to come help get the bodies and move them. And so they took, and they asked him, why don't you wear the, the, the garb that the government is giving you? He said, I'm, I don't have to wear that. I'm not subject to the law of sin and death, but to the life in Christ Jesus. So he uses scripture and tells them where he stands. And so they brought him in to ask him what's going on because it's not affecting you. And he, and he took in, in a, an aquarium, if you will, under a microscope where, the, where they had the foam from, from someone's lungs and had the bubonic plague. And he placed his hand in, in the aquarium. And they watched under the microscope the disease die at the presence of this man. Ah, that's not very far off in our life from our lifetime. What I'm saying here is, 
Is God the same yesterday and today? And will he be the same tomorrow? Absolutely he will. Now where's the problem? The problem is within us. That, that many times we don't believe that God can use us because of our history past. Because of the things that have been in our life or maybe the sin. Or maybe there's things that we're still dealing with. The reality of it is if we were to get into the presence of God, he's going to wash away all of those things and cause us to begin to move into his presence where we can operate in that dimension that when somebody comes and speaks to us or talks to us, then God begins to speak and talk to us of what's going on in an individual's life. And then we're able to minister to them. It shouldn't be just something that comes from the pulpit. It should be an army of people that are getting instructions from the pulpit. How to do, how to handle. We have heard the word, we have seen the word, and now we have handled him with our hands. We, we, we go into phases. We learn, we see it, and now we demonstrate it. So it has to work in us. I can't rely upon revival for someone else to bring it to me. <laughs> it was either Smith Wigglesworth or, or John G. Lake. He said, they asked, how, how in the world are you able to gather such crowds around in the middle of a street? He says, well, I set myself on fire and people come watch me burn. And you, you, you hear something like that and you say, well, what was he talking about? He's setting himself on fire with the Holy Spirit and people come to watch to see what's going to come out of him for what they need. So if we can set ourselves on fire, I'm not talking about little fire, I'm talking about the Holy Ghost to come upon us to change us. You say, well, I thought I was coming to church for a different kind of message. Well, this is, I think this is a good message. I think it's a good challenge. One thing about this church is we're going to challenge you. Um, we're not going to sit back and lay back, and maybe that's why we don't have a full, full house. I don't know. But, but what I have, whether it's one person, whether it's two, I'm going to challenge them until they begin to grow into what God has for them to move into. Making sense? So we want the fire of God to come upon us. We want the Holy Spirit to come upon us, and we need to learn how to pray. I, I remember when I was a little kid, we'd go to some friends of ours' house, and there was a room in the house, and I thought, man, that, that, that room's different from every other room in the house. And, and what it was was the ladies' prayer room. And, and I would stand outside that room and just look in that room. What's different about this room than anything else? And, and uh, begin to learn that that's where she spent her time praying and seeking the face of God. And the presence of God was there, and as a child didn't recognize exactly what it was that was in that room. It was the Holy Spirit that was in that room, that dwelled there in that room because he was welcome. You know, we sing that song, you're welcome in this place. Is he really welcome in this place? Is he really in this place? I'm not talking about in the building because we, because we, can, we can stir the Spirit but I'm talking about are you stirring the spirit inside of your heart, inside of your soul to get to the place that he walks with you and talks with you and, and, and tells you he, that you are his own. That, that, as that song goes, you know, the power of God working in our life. Now, when I see this, 
And I'm looking at what Paul was doing and, and just the napkins coming off. And now we go right into the next section where the seven sons of Sceva are trying to mimic what Paul was without paying the price that Paul paid. And devil said, Jesus we know. Paul we know. Who are you? And, and, and you can go on and read. And these devils stripped them down. This devil, it actually begins to refer to as one devil, uh, uh, stripped them down and sent them out of the house embarrassed. And, and, the, word said, and the word says, and all of Jerusalem knew what had happened. Well, you get to see seven naked guys running through, streaking through the city. You're going to want to know what's going on. And then the, the, the beginning of that uh, streaking contest there that was going on was a result of a devil that was in the room that says, wait, Paul, we know. Jesus, we know. We don't know who you are or what you're trying to do. And get frustrated and aggravated and mad at them trying to mimic the power of God and chase them out. The only chasing I ever want to see is devils coming out of people. So I have to keep myself in tune with what God is doing and not allow any, any compromise to come into my life. There's programs I won't watch. There's card, uh, commercials I won't watch on TV. There's newscasts I won't watch. All the screaming and hollering. Why? Because it affects my spirit. And anything that affects your spirit, you need to turn it off. You need to walk away from it so they can keep your spirit clean. The word says to repent from all filthiness of the soul and the spirit, which tells us that our spirit can be contaminated by, by things that are coming if we don't take charge over it. Make sense? So I have to keep myself walking the way I need to walk, cleansed. Amen? So today has been a little bit different, but it's a teaching. It's, it's a, a time of encouraging to move us into a place. What do you want out of life? What do you want? What do you really, what do you want? When you've been exposed to the things of God, what is it you want out of life now? You want riches? You want fame? You want spiritually, when you have had an encounter with God, nothing can take its place. When you've had an encounter with the presence of Almighty God, there's nothing that can take the place of His touch in your life. David says this. He's walking on the wall. He looks down, he sees Bathsheba taking a bath. Might have been an indication of the name, I don't know. But here Bathsheba is taking a bath, and, he's, and because of his authority and his power, he now takes her in, and she can't say no. Whether she... And, and gets pregnant. Then he gets a, a letter from her that she is pregnant. So calls her, David calls her husband in for him to take a vacation from the battle, but he was so devoted, 
he wouldn't go into the open door that he had. He laid outside and slept outside the open door. He had full right, full authority. The king said, hey, go spend some time with your wife. He's trying to cover up, trying to get this guy to make him think one thing. All these things begin to happen. Then has him killed, basically. Bring him to the front line. He's, he's too stubborn. Bring him to the front line. Then the prophet comes and says, hey, what about this? What would you do? And he says, man, justice needs to be. Justice needs to come out. And, and the prophet turns to him and said, that man is you. And this is what David says. David says, Lord, take your kingdom from me. Take your riches from me. Take my, your house from me. Take everything from me. Strip me down, but don't take your presence. Man, what a weighty conversation he had with God right there. A man after God's own heart. Even in the times of, of, of being a rascal, he understood, I need your presence more than anything. This is the kind of heart that we need to have. We need to have a heart after God that we want him and only him in our life. More and more of you, God. I need more of you. Change me. Talk to me. Move upon me. And allow your presence, but don't take it from me. We're going to go off, off air here. Appreciate you watching today. We pray God has a, uh, uh, that you have a wonderful week this week and that God talks to you and walks with you and uh, that you become sensitive to the things of God's spirit. You do that by having a relationship with him, not a religious encounter, a relationship with Jesus Christ. So 